obviously arrived in Sydney and had done a bit of a trial and just asked would I like to sign and I said yes and a couple of days later one and all Ireland with Karen O'Connor flew to Australia two days later. Hello and welcome to the Clear Your Lines podcast, a show that tackles polarising debates within the world of Gaelic games. I'm Tommy O'Callaghan. And I'm Louise Toll. On the show today, we'll be chatting about whether inter-county players should go professional. It's got to be an explosive discussion. We'll be hearing from Marie Crow of RTE and Michael Foley of The Times. By the powers of technology, I'm joined by a panel of sports journalists, Darren Olin and Aina O'Reilly. Folks, how are you keeping? Very well, thank you. Tommy? Great, Tommy. Thanks very much. Looking forward to getting into it. Before we turn into the pay-for-play debate, some big news hitting the headlines in the world of Gaelic Games this week with the announcement that the ladies' Gaelic players will receive the same amount of funding as the men. Yes, under the current model, male players receive €1,200 from the state, while female players receiving just €400. Uh, lads, your reaction to this? Can I come to Dara first? Yeah, great, great step for equality. I think um, I think the increase in funding is interesting. Uh, I think a lot of other sports are quite irritated by it because 67% of the uh, funding from the government for sports is going towards the GAA. Obviously great for us in the GAA camp, but um, mixed, mixed reaction from other sports, but I think it's a great step for equality. Yeah, I definitely go along with that. Uh, as Dara said, they're brilliant for equality. Uh, it's something that um, they've been banging the drum about for years. You know, players in both male and female uh, across the board in GA. You know, we have equality of effort. Um, you know, players put in a huge amount of dedication and time into into representing their club and county, regardless of of gender. So, you know, it's only right to to finally see the funding being equal, just as the the effort is 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 equal across the board in GA. So, I think. Brilliant news! It's brilliant news. I suppose moving on then to to, to the show, uh, one of the ever pressing debates is whether the amateur status should get the P forty five and have professionalism employed. You heard a short segment at the start there from former ladies Gaelic footballer star uh, Cora Staunton, who who won four All Ireland medals with Mayo, now uh, playing uh, applying her trade uh, down under with. Greater Western Sydney. Here's a little more of what she had to say about the matter. Growing up, obviously, there's a big difference between amateur and professional because obviously, professional it's your job and you're being paid. But from the point of view of amateur sports, um, for me, it was that you're just treated the same way in that, like you have the same, your same facilities and the same opportunities. Never mind. Yeah, we can talk about expenses and being out of pocket, you know, playing sports and representing your county. That's important to me, but it's probably not the most important thing. I think it's to have the same opportunities one of our greatest gaelic football stars chorus daunton there and others are actually being exported to play professionally in the land down under with aussie rules you might have seen recently the controversy about whether inter-county games was considered an elite sport dara you want to get the checkbook out aina you don't want to the whistle has been blown dara i'll come to you first what's your thoughts uh, well, the revenue generated by professional rugby, both here and in New Zealand, is what the GAA generates in this country. So I'm on here as a realist, really, that things need to change, not an economist. But the GAA has to evolve. Players are retiring before they're 30, trying to balance the work, life, family. It's ridiculous. While training as much as any other professional athletes. As for funding, the TV rights could go. I think the GAA have already shown that 
like they're willing to sell to the highest bidder but at least the sky like what was done with the premier league in 1992 or even a more modern move which has been talked about is amazon listen to be honest the ga want to watch their back with all this elite ga players are not contracted to the association in any way therefore they've no obligation to represent it they need to adapt or they're done really i'll give you an example in 1997 an australian businessman called kerry packer announced the formation of the world series of cricket cricket was a cricket was an amateur sport hugely popular all the big players were poached and packer called it the easiest sport in the world to take over because nobody bothered to play the players what they were worth now does that sound like a hugely popular sport where nobody pays the players what they were sound familiar to anyone else here's just a small segment uh, marie crow uh, said about the, the tv rights absolutely like if there's a market there for it like the ga like have pinned their colors to the mast on that like they're they're going to go to the highest bidder or the mm. some sort of a um a mashup where some of it's free tear and some of it's for the highest bidder and we you know we know that amazon have all the money in the world basically and if they decide that they want this product but like i suppose to qualify it what's the market for it like you've got four million people in ireland how many of them are going to buy subscriptions off the back of yeah. it is it worth it like it's not the premier league it's not Champions League, which is a global thing. Uh, Dara, your response to that? I suppose all the ideals of the GA are the same values that English football fans held before 1992 when Sky bought those television rights. It was originally free on terrestrial TV, so I think that will happen with us, and in there comes the revenue stream. I think there will be a bit of pushback, as there was in 1992, but look what happened then, and look where we are now with the Premier League. I think added to that, it might even promote people getting off their couch to see a game live and boost attendances. The argument so far with Amazon is the market is too small as an island of 4 million, but uh, I think it is worth it for Amazon. I, the money really is an object for them. I think they will use it to begin to monopolize sports coverage. They've gotten a lot with tennis and they're starting to get their share of football and the wheels are in motion with a lot of other smaller sports too. So I think this is a matter of time. And uh, we're seeing every year players retiring before the age of 30. They've highlighted life and, and work commitments how do you expect this commitment to the jersey, this I'll play for free model, to continue when talented players are calling it quits at 30? How, how do you keep that message going in light of these demands? Well, Tommy, I mean, you're absolutely right in pointing to player burnout as a huge, huge issue in the GA. There's no, there's no getting around that, and I'm, I'm not going to come on here and pretend that it's not an issue because it's, it, it, it is a huge issue. But unlike Dara, I suppose, and He's advocating a kind of uh, version of hypercapitalism. There, I I I prefer to keep to a, a more a more uh, traditional solution, I suppose. And it comes back to the GA having you know volunteerism and player welfare at the heart of the association. And I think player welfare is the number one tool that has to be used to improve the experiences of players from the point of view of of protecting them, uh, avoiding burnout, avoiding all the physical problems that go with a, a, an extended season. The extended season that we have now, you could argue, has been very much um, influenced by monetizing the championships. I mean, you look at the Super 8, you look at the, the, the group provincial system in hurling in the last few years i think act the actual route that the ga has taken ch chasing after the dollar has actually gone to the detriment of players i believe that the funding the ga does have should be put into developing player welfare programs looking after uh, medical costs for all counties i think that should come from a central level 
And I think there shouldn't be any difference between the big counties and the small counties in terms of income and in terms of how they can look after their their medical needs. To me, that's the obvious solution. Sorry, sorry, Anna, but like, I mean, you mentioned there, you know, volunteering. Is it acceptable volunteering that in an ESRI research uh, project conducted there was in 2017, GA players can spend up to 31 hours per week on their senior inter-county commitments. Is that really volunteering? Well, you're absolutely right, Tommy. It is It is. It is something that, that puts a huge amount of strain on, on amateur players to be um, putting that amount of time on a weekly basis into what they're doing. Um, to me, this is why, and I'm... I'm going back to, to to it again. I think I think player welfare costs have to be covered uh, to to help with injuries and fatigue. I think that's a huge issue. And the other thing I'd suggest is changing the calendar uh, so that we have shortened the county season. I mean, you know, we're at we're at a situation now where that statistic you said there, the 31 hours, players are are, are keeping that up for 10, 11 months of the year. And and to me, that's that's I agree with you very much. That's not sustainable. We need a, a total review of the calendar, lessen the amount of inter-county action, and introduce the split season so that the players know exactly where they stand with uh, fixtures and club at, at club and county level. Mm, here's just a, a, another segment from Marie Crow uh, about sustainability. How long is it sustainable to compete at this level and have it so commercialized and so um, sponsored and the crowds and all the rest and then have everybody doing it for so little compensation? What do you make of that, Anna? Well, it's very interesting. It's very interesting, Louise. I think, you know, we definitely have an argument to to suggest that an awful lot more can be done with the GA from a, from a monetary point of view. Um, but I think the question is, what should the GA be doing with the income that it has already? And, you know, I think we have to have much more of a focus on the player experience, player welfare. And I think I, th- I, th- I think the issues that Tommy brought up about injuries and early retirements, um, I think really that's, that's, some, that, that's something that the whole association has to focus on, has to focus on improving because, you know, like everyone I am, concerned that this will lead to players leaving to go play Aussie rules and and, and and other sports where where the player experience is a better one and they are looked after better. Uh, Dara, the GA is built on, on community, built on grassroots. We don't want elitism. That is part and parcel of who the GA family are. Paying these players propels them into another status in society. Would that not destroy the whole organisation? Elitism. <laughs> this every man idea has to go with players. You've got Dean Rock charging three hundred fifty euro for free taking lessons, and to be fair to the chap, he wouldn't have to do it if he was paid what he was worth to the game. Listen, Tommy, this might surprise you, but like I'd love for the GA to remain as it currently is and pretend there's no problem with our current model. We can't ignore the situation in front of us. These players train like professionals while maintaining largely full-time jobs. It's as we've repeatedly addressed. It's unsustainable. I tell you what, if the Australian Football League allowed more than two foreign players in squads, they'd be all over there right now. Michael Murphy came out and said the GA shouldn't go professional. But I tell you what, that's before he's seen a pro contract put in front of him. Listen, maybe he wouldn't leave Michael Murphy, Sports and Leisure and Letterkenny, but I tell you what, a damn lot of them would. As for as for the fans who think, oh, my county boys would never do something like that, give me a break. But, uh, like the, the Dean Rock, how, how can you validate Dean Rock, 
a volunteer, he's charging hundreds of euro to kick a ball over the bar. I mean, like, should that not be sanctioned? Should the GA not come down hard on that? Saying he shouldn't be uh, charging uh, to to teach kids how to kick a ball over the bar. Did he pay three hundred euro? Not calling out Dean Rock or anything, but like, it's scandalous to be charging that amount of money uh, for for GA players to be to be taken off uh, volunteers, ordinary decent people in the community. Well, it was more an example of this is what players are turning to because they don't get paid enough. But that's not the situation he's in. They, it was more. It was more. I was using it as an expression of these players want to be playing professionally for the sacrifice they're making. It, it, but it's it's an example of how much these players want to want to go into a more paid for sacrifice model. They they currently don't get enough bang for their buck. Yeah, of course, we're not uh, singling out Dean Rock there. It's just uh, as an example. To, uh, to, to, to players uh, charging for their services. Here's a small clip from Michael Foley uh, of the Times uh, on split season proposal. I think the key thing here that's probably happening at the moment, and it's going to take a year or two or three or four to see how, how it really works out, is the split season, where you will have the first half of the year will be dedicated to inter-county competitions and then the second half of the year will be kept clear for club, and you will have a 12-month calendar year. And Dara, your reaction to that? Oh, I take his point 100%, and I'm aware not every player in the country makes it to the All-Ireland Finals in July when I say this. I think the six months and six months is a is a good idea, but I don't know if it addresses the problems we're discussing. It'd be great for maybe fixture uncertainty that Aina was talking about earlier, but it's still year-round action. And unless the GA maybe brought in sanctions, because if a county went out of um, county went out of the comp- competition or championship early, no doubt the club would be straight on to them about training. So I th- maybe this was something that was mooted, mooted a few years ago, but there should maybe there should be a cap on training. I feel it's about positive change. I think the ideas we're discussing are the best will be the best way forward to have a blend. I do think I agree with him that I think uh, the split season is definitely a step in the right direction. Any thoughts on that, Ina? Just on on what Dara was saying. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd certainly agree with Dara about the the issues that are there for players that are there in the game. You know, I'm not going to deny that that's the case. But, you know, for me, I really don't think that the GA going pro is the answer. I think, you know, we have to be so careful that we don't create a bigger problem. I know we are trying to deal with, you know, the player welfare experience, as, 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 as Dara mentioned there, but... You know, the solution to that can't be something that undermines, you know, all of the amateur coaches and clubs all over the country, all of the volunteers, you know, all of these players who started out at their clubs, you know, as young as young players benefited from volunteerism of those coaches who, you know, who who wanted to see them go on and play for the club and, and go on and play for the county. You know, money was never the motivating factor behind any of that. And I, I would be really concerned about the possibility of alienating those people, those volunteers, if we go down the elitist road with professionalism. Um, I just don't see that as the answer. But for me, GA going pro is is just the, the nuclear option that we, we, we really shouldn't consider. Well, yeah, but I mean, alienating people. Uh, look at Australia. Uh, our Aussie rule players going down on it. We heard from 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 Cora Staunton early, and we'll hear from her again in a moment. But like, is it not time to adapt so we can keep our players around in in Ireland to prevent them from being exported to play Australian rules for free, where clubs don't get a penny for for the work they've done underage on these players? 
I agree with you, Tommy. I think there's an awful lot that we can learn from the Aussie rules model up to a point. Um, you look at how well their players are looked after. You look at how um, much their player welfare is looked after. And, and it's been evident from, especially from the female players going down there to play football. It's been such a such a contrasting experience for them. But I still believe that the solution isn't to go full-time pro because I think the difference between what we have here and what, what is the contrast with the, the, the Australian game is that is that is, is, is that young players, coaches, volunteers and everyone up along aren't primarily motivated by professional career. So it's just it's just a totally different culture. And if you look at professional sports with long tradition of professionalism, the soccer's, the rugby, the Aussie rules, you know, ultimately young kids growing up playing those sports, they've got an ambition to be pro sports people full time. So to me it's too there's too much of a cultural difference there. And while we can learn a lot from the likes of Aussie rules from a player welfare point of view. Uh, to me, again, I'll, I'll 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 come back to the come back to my point that I really don't think going professional on a full time basis is the solution, and I think it's it, it's actually something that could do much more much more harm than good. Mm. Let's just uh, here's Cora Staunton again, um, chatting about uh, Irish broadcasters and their AFL coverage. Yeah, I think I think TG Carr have done obviously amazing amazing job. Um, this year and getting um, obviously the highlight package and, and getting the two live matches so that's really um that's really brought on the sport and promoted the sport and um i know from talking to a couple of people in afl ireland um there's a guy over afl ireland there's um there's huge demand for um for competitions now in ireland and obviously um ways for girls to get drafted and to come over and play professionally should we be having Irish broadcasters showing AFL coverage? Does that not send the wrong message to kids that if you want to play a sport and you want to be really good at it, you're going to have to leave the country? And um, if you do, you'll get paid. Well, Louise, I believe that all you know, kids now have so much access to sports on TV, whether it's soccer, whether it's rugby, whether it's Aussie rules. I think TG Cahar's showing of the WAFL is a hugely positive thing from the point of view of giving young female players uh, role models and athletes to look up to. But that could be true of a variety of different sports, whether it's GA, uh, Aussie rules, athletics, uh, rugby, whatever it is. I'm all for more and more sport of all different types being broadcast and particularly uh, of men's and women's been given equal attention now is that going to be damaging in terms of attracting attracting some of our young players to go down under well look of course it is but to me it's a very reactive um way to look at it to be thinking in terms of broadcasting less of the aussie rules to try and keep players here i think i think we need to be much more proactive i think we need to make ga gaelic games as attractive from a player's point of view as possible and player welfare a fixed calendar medical expenses all of those issues look at dara has has pointed it out there numerous times and he's absolutely right that's been really far behind 
in Gaelic games in general and even more so in the women's game. So I'm all about a proactive response to that. And Dara, if I can come to you now and ask you, you know, what's what's your thoughts on this? Don't you want kind of our players to stay in the country? Oh, of course, I'd like our players to stay in the country, but I have no problem with them broadcasting the AFL, but they are offering what is a more, it is a viable career path, uh, something, something that's possibly more tempting, <laughs> maybe in a warmer country. It's a career, it's a career. But wouldn't that be great for someone like that, an eight-year-old to aspire, oh my God, imagine if I could do this thing that I absolutely love for a job. And listen, they don't. It doesn't have to be the only thing they do with their life. They they can go to college and all these things alongside. They're cur- they're currently working nine to fives. I don't see why they ca- can't do anything else on the side. A lot of Premier League footballers do. I think showing the AFL to come back to your original question is great, and uh, I think we should pr- promote our international stars that are go- that have gone over there. Both what they are displaying is a more attractive prospect for a lot of young people. Yeah, but uh, Derek, come on. Like, I mean, would paying county players not open up a can of worms for the whole organisation? Like, where would it stop after that? There'd surely be a domino effect. Where would it stop? The perfect, the perfect example. That's what's happening right now with the women, women and men's equal funding. That's a great step for equality. Uh, grants only go one way up. And at what point of paying players who are who in some time could be operating as part-time workers and part-time GA? How are they not semi-pro already? Then we have to look beyond the next couple of seasons into the next 10, 20 years of what Gaelic games might look like. These players are doing part-time job, part-time GA. They're basically semi-professional anyway. Everything going up. That's what I mean. Are we going to be paying the water boy now next, or the water lady, or or the person who opens the dress room doors up the club pitch? Like I mean, of course. Well, I, I think I think we're on the, we're on that track at the minute. If you want if you want to change that, that's a different that's a different argument. But uh, the vol- volunteerism is great at the minute. But uh, as you said earlier, 30, 31 hours is not volunteerism. You have a job that you're not getting paid for. It's labour. Aina, I want to come to you. Uh, there was um, it's written by Jackie Tyrrell back in 2018. It, it was regards uh, performance by Lee Chin in, in, in the Leinster Championship. Uh, I quote, I would go further and say there is a good chance it has actually contributed to the loss of form regards or in relation to Lee Chin. Are you setting yourself a schedule and sticking to it as if it's a job? Or are you taking it handy, doing a few bits here and there, whiling away the hours on the couch, end quote. What business is it of anyone to know what these players get up to in their spare time? Would professionalism eradicate this kind of scoping on what players are up to during their spare time? Well, I thought that was a very interesting piece from Jackie, to be honest. I mean, Jackie's a multiple All-Ireland winner, All-Star winner, so I think he's he's well qualified to have an opinion on it. I think the point is, is, is an interesting one. Lee Chin obviously went full-time as a, as, as, as a hurler in 2018, as Jackie refers to there. And, you know, it's true that his form wasn't good that year. You know, the evidence is there if you want to look back on the matches. And I think, to me, it shows, again, what I think I referred to earlier, is the cultural difference between GA and other sports where players are used to being professional. They aspire to be professional. And, you know, it's just not culturally a part of the GAA you know it's it's always been the case that players would have their jobs you know they're focused during the week during the day on their jobs and that their sport doesn't have to take up so much space in their mind and if you look at the point Jackie's making there the guys who are focused on other things work and so on 
when they go out onto the pitch it's it's like a release from that from their professional lives and you know it it is very obvious i think that that guys perform much better when in a ga context um when the game isn't on their mind the whole time they're not overthinking they're playing off the cuff when it comes to sunday afternoon so i think that just emphasizes cultural difference in the GA where we've just never had that culture of professionalism and 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 that's a very good uh, example of of how it impacts on one of the but, top hurlers in the country I, I tell you now cultural professionalism we have Jackie uh, Tyrrell being paid to write that article uh, so you know with his multiple All-Ireland medals and whatnot would he have wrote that if it wasn't paid for? And I want to continue. I want to go on to the, or further explore the piece. I quote, What's occupying your brain for the 14 hours in the day when you're not training and you're not sleeping? Uh, what's keeping you sharp? What's testing you? Are you sitting on the couch constantly thinking of last night's training session and what you did right and what you did wrong? Or are you sitting there zoned out and thinking, uh, and taking down the minutes until it's time to go again? Neither option is a good uh, as far as I can see. That's Jackie Tyrrell again. Ain't it? That sounds like uh, a pundit analysing what a professional athlete is up to. It does, Tommy. But again, uh, it shows that GA players now aren't equipped, most of them, to to transfer themselves from amateur, and I know it's amateur inverted commas, but an amateur environment into a professional environment because they don't have experience of that structure. And I know Jackie here is is just speculating. He doesn't really know what Lee Chin does in his spare time, but just from what he's writing there, you can get very good. You can get a very good impression of the kind of alien environment that comes with suddenly having the whole day to yourself been fully focused on a GA sport you know young players get into soccer they go over to play in academies and so on and and they're used to this from a young age whereas you have adults like Lee Chin did in 2018 making this huge change in their lives and you know it ends up actually that his form suffers as a result so if anything I think that strengthens Jackie's argument and strengthens the argument of not having GA players working on their sport full-time Hang on, can I come in there? No, I, I don't think we should make a, a whole decision. I don't think it strengthens Jackie Tyrrell, who is a multiple, someone I have a lot of admiration for. He's a hurling legend, but not a sports psychologist. Just because Lee Chin needed a couple of weeks off and it did coincide with a dip in form, that Jackie Tyrrell was just speculating. I could have wrote that and no one would have paid any attention to it because I'm, I haven't won multiple All-Irelands. That doesn't qualify anything, really. <laughs> Even if that was the reason Lee Chin was, is one man in a massive organisation, he wasn't used to the situation, as you've said that shouldn't dictate the future of hundreds of athletes I'm not saying if we go semi-professional doesn't have to be the whole hog as I mentioned earlier with the payments it's the way we're going so these people can still do courses they can still have a job it, a side job if they want it's about options it's nothing to do it's nothing to do with them oh they have to quit they have to quit their 9 to 5 a lot of lads are happy doing it that's fine you can have your 9 to 5 and then you can go train for two hours and some men are, are men and women are as happy to do that and that is oh, more power to them but it's about the option to whether it, whether they want to work that nine to five or they want to they want to have the option to not put that physical strain on them, um, physical and mental strain on them all the time. Well, I mean, it's it's speculative as as yeah. you say, and it's it's not. But do players? I mean, do players not need to occupy their mind with other matters? Yeah. The, 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 what, what? 
what Lee Chin does with his brain is none of Jackie Tyrrell's business or anyone's business or any player. Like uh, they have, they can occupy their minds in any way they want. I, I'll go back. I'm going to say that word again. It's going to be options. Whatever they do. Listen, if you took a week off, because we've we've all been there when you're in the mode of being busy and you take a week off and you're like, God, what do I do with myself? But they'll get used to. There'll be infrastructures in place to recover better. Sports sports psychologists. They, they might they might be able to do different things. And <laughs> I I really I really don't think it. I really don't think it equates to oh god every player they'll just be inside their own heads forevermore yeah but i mean you, you talk about options there how like it's it's all a bit kind of other you can put in options but sure like i mean if they're living two lives surely there's one or the other that they have to choose this is the this is the way things are going they're living two lives now they don't have any they they wake up they have their nine to five and they go training like there's there's nothing there's nothing there's no other facet of the of their life living two lives would be absolutely fantastic to what they're doing now they've no life right now yeah i think i think uh tommy you 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 put your finger on it there i think you know employers on the one hand it might be difficult for them to facilitate uh, ga players schedule particularly inter-county players and the amount of hours they put into it every week but equally most business owners are delighted to get the opportunity of having a county star in their business because of the profile and because of the exposure that it gives and i mean you know you ask any big employer the value of advertising their brand really and you know there's no better way of doing that in every small community around the country than to have the local ga star endorsing the brand so you know it's something that works out very well for an awful lot of business owners in ireland and uh, it's something that keeps the local GA stars linked in with their own community. And to me, that's an absolutely vital part of the association. Um, I think, you know, we we can argue over and back about, about whether professionalism would suit certain players or not suit other players. But to me, it just comes back to the fact that GA players currently would, in a professional context, be going into a completely new life and a completely new set of set of circumstances that an awful lot of them might not be suited to, an awful lot of them might not be prepared for. You know, and there are issues with some professional players. You know, some soccer players and 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 so on in particular have had major problems with alcohol with gambling you know with things like that that come up as a result of having so much time to themselves and i'd be very Hang worried on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> sorry i have to i have to jump in there I, uh, as a result of free time human beings are, are gonna have dr- drink and gambling issues no i'm not having that um, that's not well, there, with free more... time that is that's human beings <laughs> no, but Dara, it's it's not just from having free time. It's it's from not having enough, not not having enough to stimulate their minds on a daily basis. I mean, playing sport is fine. It's been what's that? Ba- what, so what what is that theory based on? I'm sorry. What what's that theory based on? Not enough to stimulate their minds. Uh, that's outrageous. This just pure speculation. Listen, well, I've done a bit of it myself now. I'm not I'm not going to lie, but I I don't know. I don't think there's a whole lot in that. Well, look, Daryl, you know, you know as well as I do now that soccer, professional soccer, especially in England, has a history of uh, some high, a lot of high-profile players with alcohol problems. And I mean, you look at you know people like there's more people... of them. There's 66 million people in England. There's only four here. But by, by proxy, there's going to be more problems. <laughs> like, a, of course, just, but, but it's I, I don't I don't of... get the equation. 
it's 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 a direct effect of professionalism not suiting a lot of players. Some players are suited to it. Some players aren't. Uh, some players need the stimulation of something else to occupy their minds along with the sport that they're playing. And in GA terms, that's so we, so we should a make uh, ba- so ba- based on the small amount of people who have alcohol who could have alcohol problems. We should dictate the future of the GA based on because some it might not suit someone. We, like uh, hundreds of players should be affected by five who might who might have oh god he's a bit fond of the drink in his free time. Uh, no, I think I think your statistics are a bit all over the place there, Dara. I think you're minimising it there an awful lot. It's it's there. Look, it's not a scientific uh, it's not a scientific equation. Evidently, but we have number one, we have huge drink and gambling problems culturally in this country anyway, and you know we've we've seen. GA players coming out speaking about that people like Oshie McConville and Davy Glennon and um, and Niall McNamee from Offaly you know it's it, it's so it's they've had crud- problems while working nine to five and training uh, at night so so there's nothing to do with the fact that they were playing as professionals because no, they're currently no, amateurs and they still have no, you, you need to follow the point now more like like it's the danger is that these addiction problems can multiply as a result of players being put in a new alien environment that they're not used to, which is just sport and then loads of free time. Don't They don't have a job or other activities to stimulate their mind. And that's been very problematic with, with some high-profile players in England. There's no doubt about that in the English soccer game, like who had only football in their lives and, you know, struggled to cope with that with the professional profile you know very very difficult on their mental health and of course that's another aspect of of the professional argument is is you know we hype up ga players put them on an even bigger stage a higher profile professional level and you know how does that affect their mental health how does that affect you know would as many people want to play ga at the elite level if it's that much of an additional uh, pressure environment. Because don't forget, guys start playing hurling or football or kamoi, seven, eight years old, they're not thinking about a professional career. So that's not the motivation from day one. You know, it's different to soccer, it's different to rugby, it's different to other sports. And I think that cultural difference is something that's that's just a major, major sticking point for me. That's that's just on that, how yeah, I feel can I come it. in there on that? Because the, the, the fact that, you know, you mentioned that kids growing up, they don't want to, to be to be paid. Is it not a fact, though, that, you know, you can dream of playing for Ireland uh, as a priority. And if that doesn't work out, then your your dreams uh, tailor towards playing GAA for free. Like, you know, so that's surely the case, is it not? GA comes secondary because it's amateur. Um, yeah, I think I think I think that has been the case. There's definitely there's there's no doubt about it. We've seen you know players start out with soccer careers over in England and end up end up coming back and playing GA. So look, there is there is evidence to back up your point on that, Tommy. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. But you know, to me, the attraction, the the basic fundamental attraction of playing GA is just the, to wear the club jersey, the county jersey. I think I'm hugely um, behind the idea of player welfare being maximised, expenses been maximised, uh, injury problems, mileage problems, all that stuff looked after. Players should never be out of pocket playing representing their county. There's no doubt about that. So um, if um, the expenses if the expenses go up and they and they can fund themselves to do part time 
and uh, to fo- to take care of themselves, the the player welfare goes up, and they go from half the time being able to do the job, quote unquote, and doing GA. Are they not then semi professional? Well, no, they're not, uh, Dara, because expenses are only you know to ensure that they're not literally out of pocket themselves from representing their county so if it's mileage an awful lot of people based in dublin working driving all around the country to come home for training a couple of times a week so you know you don't want anyone to be out of pocket you don't want you know guys paying for food paying for physio paying for boots you know hurleys footballs whatever it is so you know it's just a case of covering literally expenses in a genuine sense of the word i do think there's still a long a big uh, river between that and full-time pro I said semi-pro, but uh, yeah, fair enough. And finally, guys, can I ask you, can you see the GAA, the LGFA and the Camogie Association collaborating together for the Gaelic Games to go professional? I could definitely see them collaborating closer. And in fact, I'd go even further than that. I'd say they absolutely have to amalgamate because I think the fact that they've been separate associations has really made it very very difficult for dual players number one but even for you know for running fixtures off against each other or together and you know availability of grounds availability of playing resources all that stuff it's been a disaster really the way you have three different associations for the same sports pulling in different directions whether that would lead to professionalism or not I'm 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 not so sure. I just think there would have to be a huge shift in 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 ideology as as regards elite players and 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 how we see the county game, the direction of the county game going. Yeah, no, I agree with Anna in terms of the shock. Um, I agree with Anna in terms of the organisation should be all one and uh, should all be pulled in the same direction. And I'm surprised. I think, as I said at the top of the show, like I think the payment being equal now surely should burn a lot of bridges and we could, they could all come together in terms of professionalism i suppose i'm i'm kind of posing the idea of i'm not i don't think it'll go professional i just think that i think there is a middle ground and i think what i'm thinking about like there's a lot of mention of player welfare on the um, amateur side of it but like what what does that what does that mean really I, I don't think it'll go pro but i think there should be a should be a certain hybrid where these players are looked where these players are looked after to a certain extent i think it's safe to say we're into injury time now uh, literally I think so we're going to leave it there uh, thanks to our listeners uh, I hope you enjoyed be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at the Clear Your Lines uh, podcast we'd greatly appreciate a follow from myself Louise Dara and Aina. until next time have a great evening